Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. Fate is bad. 
God, you know the pain we carry. You know each situation of harm, each place where could forgiveness could be. God, you know us and you love us. So as we come to learn about you and to worship you this morning, help us trust you to move us from despair to new life. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.
every other day that I am rudely reminded how capable of sin I am and you are and we are together we get to name that now we get to exhale and admit to everyone around us and to God and to ourselves that we don't have it all together and that that's okay because God intercedes for us through Christ, through Christ we are forgiven. And God doesn't just give us the path so that we can be reckless, no. We are forgiven so that we can be in awe and so that we can try to be better humans. Let us pray. God, we need your help. We confess that we carry with us hate, anger, judgment, and resentment. We don't think forgiveness is possible. We don't want it to be. We need your help, God, to let go of all that holds us back from each other and from you. most important six words we say when we gather together in Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. You are forgiven. We get to live in peace. Amen. 
Lucas created another crossword puzzle for you in case this sermon is really boring. Even if it's not, you won't hurt my feelings. Uh, The crossword puzzle announces the band for this Thursday's pop-up concert, Lent on the Lawn. Um, You can help each other, but Google, you know, you know, you can use Google too. So we have one more Lent on the Lawn concert this Thursday. And then I also wanna let you know about um, an EP release that we get to host here the following Wednesday of Holy Week, April 5th, 7 p.m. Max Stidham, who you got to hear sing this morning, uh, and friends are going to be taking the stage. They're they've, um, releasing an album on old gospel hymns. And then Mac has invited some um, local bluegrass bands to join him up here. So it's for the community. Invite your friends. That's April 5th at seven. We turn our attention now to scripture. It's printed in your program, or if you have your Bible with you, it's Ephesians 4. I'm reading verses 25 through 32. Listen now for God's word. So then, putting away all falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with your neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not make room for the devil. Those who steal must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor, doing good work with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouth, but only what is good for the building up as there is need so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ has forgiven you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The title of today's sermon is Forgiving the Dead. Forgiving the Dead. It was Monday. It was Monday and I drove to the mountains of Montreat, North Carolina to eat dinner with our high schoolers. They were there for a conference, Christian conference. It was Monday. And so it's the first day of the conference. The first day that these teenagers are away from home, away from their families, the first day they're getting used to each other and they're experiencing what this camp is gonna be like. It was Monday. I pull into the driveway and I see a few of our high school boys out front throwing the football. I walk inside and I see a few more of our high schoolers making a TikTok. They did let me make one with them. I don't think they posted it. (laughs) A few more were making jewelry and listening to music in the entryway. So I just sat down with them and I asked about their day. If you've spent any time with a teenager recently, it's really normal if they don't answer you for a while. (laughs) But then out of the blue, one of them looks up and says, Dawn, do you think we could forgive someone who's dead? It was Monday. Do you think we can forgive someone 
who's dead? Have you been thinking about that? Is there someone that pops in your mind when you hear that question? I did not have a quick answer. And it's a good thing because unprompted then the teenagers, they kept talking and they, they started to tell me where this question came from. That morning they heard a keynoter, Gail, describe her need to forgive her father-in-law. See, Gail and her husband, they're from different ethnicities. And her father-in-law was habitually mean to her because of that difference. He ignored her. He said derogatory things about her. He never accepted her. And now, her father-in-law is dead. He never apologized. She's not sure he's capable of apologizing or if he would ever want to, but she needs to forgive him. She says as much in her keynote to those high schoolers. She says she needs to let go of the hatred that she carries because of him. But she says, you know, it's hard. It's hard to forgive him because he's dead. How do you forgive someone who's dead? Someone who cannot hear the truth? Someone who cannot apologize? Someone who cannot change their behavior moving forward? Is it even possible to forgive the dead? Well, the author of Ephesians doesn't quite answer this question head on, but they do give us a lot of insight. In this letter, we are urged towards unity. It says, speak the truth with your neighbor because we are members of one another. We are members of one another. Now this isn't new, this is a theme echoed throughout scripture. Because we belong to Christ, we belong to each other. We're connected to each other, whether we like it or not. And we hear it first in, in Genesis 4 when Cain murders his brother, Abel. You remember that story? And God calls him out, Cain, where's your brother? And he says, am I my brother's keeper? Yeah, turns out you are. We are members of one another. We hear it again in 1 Corinthians when we're described, we the church, we the church as a body. And when one part of the body is broken, the whole body is sick because we are members of one another. This question about forgiving the dead, it's a spiritual question because it transcends life and death. I mean, who else can give us a pathway between life and death but Jesus? We are members of one another and that means we have to deal with the dead. We don't get to just forget about them. And Gail knew this. She knows this when she described to the high schoolers why she needs to forgive her father-in-law because even though he's dead and he can't say anything now to hurt her, his sickness continues to harm her. His meanness continues to pop up in her memory and to harden her heart. His sin continues to affect her. And yeah, he's dead, so she can't change him. She can't, 
get an apology out of him. She can't hope for a different future, but she can give herself permission to let it go, to let him go, let the meanness go, wipe the stain clean so she doesn't hold on to it anymore. This is grace. Gail knows this truth that when we don't let go of hatred, it lives on inside of us. It's part of being members of one another. When one part is sick, even dead, though we're connected, we are sick ourselves. And though we cannot change each other, we can change our response. We can name the truth, we can forgive. I wonder how many of us in this room right now, or those who will listen to this podcast later, how many of us have experienced a sin that gets passed down through generations? How many of us have seen issues like addiction or adultery or stealing just pop up generation after generation? It's because we haven't named the harm and made amends. Somehow it gets stuck in our consciousness, into our body, because we are members of one another. And without truth speaking, without forgiveness, we hold on to that sin. Or maybe it holds on to us. You and I, we know the power of sin and we know the grace of forgiveness. We know its place in the gospel. We know its place in our hearts. The question is how, Dawn, how can we forgive the dead? I know Gail struggled with this too. And those teenagers on Monday struggled as well. And again, Ephesians gives us insight. In the final verse we read, it says, forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. If God can forgive us from heaven, then we can forgive from earth. We don't have to worry about the logistics of how our forgiveness will transcend that mysterious life line between life and death. If God can forgive us from heaven, which God does, then we can forgive from earth. And we can trust God to help us release what it is we carry from someone who is dead. I don't know what yours is. It might be anger, it might be confusion, it might be betrayal. It might be physical abuse or emotional or be abuse or spiritual abuse. God can take it from you. God can help us forgive. We might need to speak it out loud though. There's a TV show on Apple TV right now called Shrinking. Have any of y'all watched it? I watched the whole season in like one day. It's really good. Although it's not kid approved, there's a lot of bad words. Jason Siegel's character is the main character. He loses his wife, she dies in a tragic car accident. And the whole show is how he, a shrink, uh, he deals with it by being excruciatingly honest with everyone. And at one point, Jason goes into his room and he lifts a photograph frame that has been face down for the whole show. He lifts it up. And he sits down, it's a picture of his late wife. And he's done some things that he needs to apologize for. But he looks at this photo and he says, you know, you owe me an apology too for leaving.
We can speak the truth to our neighbor, even those who have died. And we can speak our intention to let go, our desire to forgive. And sometimes that's enough. Because God does the rest. I've been hearing from many of you during this sermon series on forgiveness, stories and memories and names of people who have harmed you. And question again and again, how Dawn, how do I forgive? And if there was a magic wand that I could wave and take care of all of it, y'all know that I would, but there is not. Today's Sunday, tomorrow is Monday and whatever situation you're thinking about right now, it's still gonna be there tomorrow. No situation of forgiveness is the same. No timeline is the same, but the grace, the grace that God offers to us in Christ Jesus, that is the same. The ability for God to intercede for us and to lift that burden we carry to take it off into heaven, that grace is the same. There's a man in this church who recently told me that he forgave the woman who had harmed him. And there were tears in his eyes and immediately there were tears in my own. This is why. I've been hearing about the harm that this couple has been doing to each other for five years. For five years, I've been hearing from both of them, the harm, the mean things they've been doing to each other and this web of, of sin and hatred that we weave sometimes for each other. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I thought this was a lost cause. Not them as humans, but forgiveness. I thought there's no way until he looked at me in the eye with tears running down this grown man's face and he said, it happened. And I didn't have to ask how. He said it was God. It was God. It was God. Amen. I never said goodbye Maybe I never even said hello Why did you have to go? I should have seen the sun.
We celebrate communion by intinction. So in a minute, uh, we'll invite you to come forward. Uh, we'll have, I'll have gluten-free bread and grape juice and every other station will have wine and sourdough bread for you to choose. Um, and you'll take a piece of bread and dip it in the cup and then return to your seat. And if you have children with you, children are welcome to come as well. Um, and you can explain to them that this is a visible sign of God's grace, a way that Jesus says, I love you, you belong. Theologian James Stewart says that those of us who are living are holding on to the left hand of Christ. And those of us who are dead are holding on to the right hand of Christ. So through Christ, we are connected. We are members of one another. As we come to this table, we are aware of the saints seated beside us and of the saints who have gone before us. Together, we are fed spiritual food. Let us pray. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. We praise you, O God, for sending Jesus Christ so that we could more fully know you and so that you would more fully know us. We give you thanks for entering our human condition, for understanding us, and for calling us to be better, do better. We give you thanks for your grace. And we praise you joining our voices with the choirs of angels and with all the faithful of every time and place who forever sing to the glory of your name. 
God, you know the person we need to forgive. You know the hatred we hold in our hearts. You know the anger we use as a crutch to feel strong. And you know what forgiveness can do for us. Help us. And hear us now as we pray the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We remember on the night that Jesus was betrayed by his friends, he took bread and he gave thanks for it and he broke it. And he said to them, take, eat. This is my body which is broken and given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup. And again, he gave thanks to the Father in heaven. And then he poured it out. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant. It's sealed in my blood, shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Take Drink, don't forget. Scripture tells us as often as we eat from this bread and we drink from this cup, we proclaim Christ's saving grace to the whole world until he comes again. These are the gifts of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I invite the elders to come forward. Let us pray. God, we are members of one another. Sometimes we let each other down, but we know that you never, ever let us down. You are always with us, always leading us, always filling us up with good food. Strengthen us for the task for which you have called us. 
Give us what we need this day in these gifts to face Monday. Amen. Let us stand and sing together.
As you go from this place, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption that is the Holy Spirit be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.